we move now beyond 2.4 and 2.3 into 2.5 to 8, which is one of the most important passages about the nature of Jesus Christ and his work in moving from his place of deity into his place of incarnation as the God-man. So this is a very important passage. And all I want to do in this first session on these verses is try to establish the relationship that it has with what goes before by also trying to settle the translation of the of verse 5. So what we've just seen in the previous unit is do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's a kind of attitude or mind or mindset that Paul throughout this book, is wanting to inculcate in us. And now he says, have this mind, and this could be backwards or forwards, or both, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. That's the way the ESV, which we love and use, does it. Or it could be translated have this mind in you, plural, which was also in Christ. Not which is yours in Christ, but which was in Christ. Let me read the rest of it. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, and being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the point of death, even death on a cross. Father, as we try to understand how to translate this and how this mind relates back to the exhortation to be people who live for others, show us, I pray, how this unit works in the larger flow of the passage, I pray, so that we can make the proper use of it in becoming more and more like Jesus. I ask in his name. Amen. The old King James that is very familiar to many people who grew up on the Bible is, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And that's basically what we have here. So we could put King James here, KJV. Now, which which is it? Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ. Meaning, since you are united to Christ, what is Christ's is yours in principle, and now you need to have it in activity. I think that's the gist of this. You have a mind because you're united to Christ, and now go ahead and live out this mind. Or is the emphasis, have this mind, that is, let this mind be in you. Have the mindset which mindset? The one which was in Christ. Have his mindset. So here, the, the, the point here is the mind that you are to have is yours in Christ. There's no stress here at all on this mind being the mind of Christ. That's not included in this translation. That's the point here. Have 
a mindset, have the mind. What mind? And here the stress is the mind that was in Christ. Now, which is it? I lean towards the old one, though I find this one theologically totally acceptable and containing truths in both halves. So let me give you the reasons why I'm inclined to go with this translation. You can see some of them. Um, the first one is that when six starts, which was also in Christ, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, this looks like the beginning of a description of a mindset or a pattern of activity reflected in Jesus' attitude and mind that we are then to have. In other words, this looks like, this relative clause here looks like a description of the mind that was in Christ Jesus. That's, that's my first inclination. Secondly, I'm going to get rid of these marks. This also here, which is really there in the Greek, notice is missing here. They don't translate that, which is yours in Christ. And I think the reason they don't is because it doesn't fit very well in that translation, and it fits really well in this one. Have um, a certain mindset. That mindset was also in Christ, whereas here it wouldn't sound so good or flow so well to say, uh, have a mind among yourselves, which you have also in Christ. You, you've already said you have it. You don't need to say you have it again over here, and that's why it's left out. But it is there, and so I think the, the also leans us, tilts us towards thinking, he's saying, here's a mind, it was also in Christ. My third argument is to show that there is a flow of thought from the mind in, in 2, 3, and 4, and the unpacking of that mind as Jesus' mind in 5 through 8. These two words right here. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. So, so keep in mind the word count and keep in mind the word humility as we look forward. Count others. And here you get, who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In verse 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself. Now the repetition of those two words sure looks like he's trying to illustrate in this mindset of Jesus what he just uh, called us to do in verses 3 and 4. So for those reasons, I'm inclined to say that the best translation would be have this mind or this mindset or this attitude or this orientation towards life in you, which was the mind or the attitude or the orientation in life that Jesus had, which is now unpacked in this description of his incarnation from being equal with God to laying aside and emptying himself and becoming a servant even to death on a cross. So the main point then is that Christ in verses 6 to 8 is a model.
an example, a model for us, example. And that bothers some people because certainly Christ is vastly more. And what I would say is that Christ is always more, always more than an example or a model, but never less. So it's always right to consider Christ as a model, but it's wrong to consider him only a model. I'll give you a couple of places where we can see his example and how it relates to our activity To this you have been called, and he just talked about suffering for righteousness' sake, doing good to others, treating treating masters better than they deserve, even though they may mistreat us. To this you've been called because Christ also suffered, leaving you an example. Now, there's a perfect statement of Christ is an example, and specifically, he's an example of suffering and uh, treating others better than they deserve, and not looking out merely for his own interests, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but he continued entrusting to him who judges justly. And now look, he himself bore our sins. Oh, he is more than an example. He bore our sins. So when he suffers and dies, yes, he's an example, but he is so much more than an example. So never never think that when I point out his exemplary status, I mean merely example. And here's Paul again in 1 Corinthians 11, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So he considers himself to be an imitator of Christ and calls us to imitate him. Now here's from within Philippians, let's end on this. The more, the more than example is in Philippians 1, 9 to 11. Here's Paul's prayer. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may prove what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruits of righteousness. Now that would be the kinds of things two, three, and four are calling us to do. Don't, don't look to your own interests merely. Look to the interests of others. Treat others better than they deserve these two commands. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. That's a beautiful fruit of righteousness. But what does he say about it in relation to Christ? filled with the fruits of righteousness that come through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is not, not merely an example. Christ is not merely the example of this righteousness. It is coming by means of him, through him, through his death, through his spirit. So what makes us Christian is not merely that we try to copy Jesus. There's lots of religions that have their leaders who are merely examples. We have a Christ who, is, who died, who rose again, who, fight, who by his spirit works within us on the basis of our forgiven sin and, and also becomes a great example for us. That's what we're going to study here in these verses 5 through 8. How is Christ a manifestation of the mindset in him that is supposed to be in us as well.